Hello, I'm Rebecca Horan and welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by Rollercoaster.ie. In season four, I'm going to be talking to a range of well-known Irish faces about being in the trenches when it comes to parenting. On this episode, I sit down with author and celebrity chef Donal Skeen to discuss his home life with his two young boys and his flourishing TV career. Well, I am thrilled because it's somebody I follow, I think have followed for years and certainly in earnest now because he is the father of two children and still, you know, keeping his career at the level it always was, if not even more so. And just a wonderful dad and husband and career guy, um, Donald Skeen, welcome to the podcast. You are author, of course, broadcaster, presenter um, and traveling currently with two little ones. So welcome. Where are you? Thank you very much. I'm actually just home from Texas. We've been uh, filming a, a series for this morning, um, which is going out in November. So I, I'm exhausted, but uh, I was telling you very briefly that I'm uh, having some jet lag issues. So it's not the children's fault that I'm not sleeping at the moment. It's my own and jet lag. <laughs> I think with all the wonderful like high profile people or celebrities or whoever we've had, we've never had someone um, virtually like we've never had someone and it's something I would never want to do. But I, we wanted you so badly. We were like, we'll get him. It's fine. We'll have him on Zoom. It's totally acceptable. Um, so thank you for doing it. And why Texas for the show? Why do they pick Texas? Um, oftentimes they'll have pitched certain ideas and Texas was one of them that they've been working on for a while. So they they had the strand idea and then they asked if I was up for it. And of course, I took the opportunity and went, yes, I'll take a week away from my children and my wife. It's, <laughs> and, it's uh, escape. It's incre- it's quite incredible. Like we're going to be talking a bit about parenting. Obviously, this is a parenting podcast roller coaster, but it is quite incredible that you came from kind of the realm of pop pop hood media doing your bits and bobs tv show um showing people who were rubbish at cooking how to cook and kind of that like nice starting point to like huge donal and like you know yes you moved back from la and you're making um this success of yourself at home but you say yes to things but you're also getting the work with two small kids that's really hard because i know you seem to be hands-on dad i don't think it's you're faking it to make it like you seem very family oriented it's hard it is hard. Yeah. I mean, I think I suppose there's easier ways of doing doing it, especially from a parenting perspective. But we've always been hands on. And I think because because of that, you know, that connection and because of wanting that connection, you do try and do everything. But it's like everyone, you're trying to spin so many plates and some things fall sometimes and some things are, are great other times. So it is a balancing act. And, you know, I do find like even at the moment I am up the walls and I do have that kind of guilt in me that kind of feeling I just want I just want but it's, to it's it not really it's be... not really like everyone though Donald like I know what you're saying like everyone has to work and make a living and everyone maybe people aren't paid as well or they're working two jobs or but it's still not like everyone to have to travel and to say yes to things and keep current and relevant and make the real for social and remember when it's being scheduled and be give the kids a time when you're home when you're actually just really bollocksed and keep a track of your schedule and make sure you're assistant. So it's not like I know we all go, oh, you know, the poor people are doing really well, but it's not like everyone. Your work is very intense, you know. This episode with Donal Skeen is sponsored by Caldecine. Caldecine can prevent and treat nappy rash in several different ways. Its special formulation creates a barrier against wetness on your baby's skin and being medicated, it attacks harmful bacteria to help prevent nappy rash. So for prevention and treatment of nappy rash, just sprinkle a light layer of Caldecine at every nappy change. Caldecine, tender care at every change. Caldecine medicated powder contains calcium undecylinate. Always read the label. 
it is intense i mean i i think i've i've made it normal in my head because you know it's it's what i do and it's what i've always done and i and i think in some ways because i've always operated at that level you know there is and in lots of ways i think that's kind of in the past couple of years i've become much more aware that there is moments where i do need to stop and kind of take stock and kind of go what's important here so mm-hmm. i've become a lot better at stepping back from it and knowing when to step back and like even as we speak right now we are in the midst of like a mad moment and they, it's I've known that that always kind of happens in the sort of work that I do where there is these kind of intense periods and then there's kind of quieter periods so it's coming it's coming to kind of find acceptance with that and then knowing that you know while the kids might not see me for a week and I do promise I don't want to just escape all the time um, it it is that sense of you know you you find there's like I mean we have a little moment where I've booked where I'm going to be with the kids over the you know over a really nice weekend and we've got some time away so you try and block in those little moments and try and build them into whatever busy schedule there is but yeah I mean it's it's something that I've become used to and and I guess there is that pressure to stay relevant and always be taking the jobs and because you like I mean I always laugh when people say oh it's it's the RTE kind of crowd and I'm like I don't work for RTE I'm not not on that salary (laughs) I don't see you as an RTE person I feel like you're very much independent of of all of that which is great you really have made your own path so well you have to and I think you know like while it'd be lovely to be on you know a dedicated salary we've had to work for every job that comes our way and you know I think because of that it's it's made us more kind of uh, succinct with how we try and operate with things but you know in saying that you know there is always that pressure it's it's always like you know we have a, have a book at the moment coming out and you're kind of I, like last night I was jet lagged and thinking of like how we're, how we're getting that launch and when we're doing that and so there is a lot that goes into it but I do think it's what has always driven me so it's trying to find the balance of why you enjoy it but also you know there's, yeah. there's the stress that comes with it so managing I agree. I like that. It's like why you enjoy it, why you ever got into it, why you do it now. How could you stop it? You can't. And then this is your living. But also, you know. it's all you ever knew. Yes, exactly. And like, you know, you're saying, oh, I've got dedicated time coming up. I remember somebody recently saying to me, because I would work full time and quite hectically and it's all a bit. And it's certainly not like what you do, but I have two little ones as well. And there is guilt all the time. And I think it's not just a female thing at all because men are so brilliant as dads. I don't think it is female anymore. But I just, I remember someone saying, you know what they'll remember most, Rebecca? They'll remember most the days you weren't home from work or some bullshit. And I went, no, I totally disagree with you. My dad worked all the hours. He was a lawyer. He was never and he did great. But I I love him. I don't remember being bitter or angry. I knew what I was getting at home from other people. And I think we can't do that. We can't actually make it that big a thing. And you're saying you're giving them dedicated. I do think the quality time you give them can sometimes outweigh the, the day-to-day mundanity you know of parenting no I agree with that and like I mean look there, you said it exactly that there is those mundane you know where you literally have to get them to school get them mm. back out and, and there's all of that but you know the I've, I've always thrived on those little moments where we have something that we've connected on whether it's you know th- their big thing at the moment is magnet tiles and so like we build all <laughs> these mar- marble <laughs> runs and you know and like and, and hours of entertainment so like those are the moments that I really enjoy like where you do get the opportunity to connect so like you know yes but you also like you know every parent has suffers that guilt but it's guilt that's really put on ourselves and we have to kind of be ma- mindful not to not to add that on mm-hmm. top of everything else that's going on so with our mental I, health in general yeah exactly exactly so i do think it, it it's it's all about kind of a balance and you know like i said at the moment it's mad and i know it's mad but it will calm down and so being aware of that not to be stressed by it is an important thing and you know we know i mean sophie's sophie's seen it for, over the course of promoting 
11 different cookbooks wow. and TV shows. You know, there is that point where like it gets manic and then it stops. And then you just have to kind of be mindful of, of what happens in that stop time to kind of build yourself back up again. Yeah, because there's also like, let's be really honest. I'm not saying you're Beyonce, but you're kind of like Beyonce. But like, there's also the moments when you stop where there's the anticlimax, the exhaustion, the worry about the next gig, the, the kind of plateau of like the day to day, which you think is amazing, but you get a bit, oh, I'm a bit itchy. So there's all of that to deal with, with this kind of personality, which is probably an A-type personality who is very on all of the time would you say that she like my husband is definitely not the same as me would you say she balanced she's different or would you not be able to say that or like, yeah no definitely yeah. I think it's why it's you know it's always been an element of of how we kind of operate because I am nuts and um, yeah. she, she she brings a little bit of balance and the consistency and particularly for the kids as well because you know it's it's fine it would be terrible if both of us were well not not terrible but it would be more difficult for the kids if we were both traveling the way I am yeah. so to have that sort of consistent thread for them I, I think and and also I see that now even more so for me as well, that I've had that consistent thread where Sophie has been at home or, or, you know, keeping things on, on, you know, on schedule, on track. Yeah. And that's an important thing. And, and finding that balance and kind of um, even in the relationship to kind of understand that those are the roles um, and, and to kind of be, be mindful of them as well. Um, and maybe temporarily, it, maybe this is this madness now, maybe it chills, maybe it, you know, maybe it is all exactly, temporary. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Did you and always want to be a dad? Ah, yeah, I did. I did. did I think, I think, you know, like, I think when you're in your 20s, you kind of, you, it scares you. But I think mm. certainly in my 30s, I was ready. And um, I think, I think we had our first, I was 30, I just turned 30, 31. Wow, so I was, that's young. I was ready. That's young. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think at that stage, like we'd kind of like a lot of the career stuff had been like there was elements that had been ticked and we'd been, you know, we'd just moved to L.A. And there was, you know, there was an excitement. It was an, there was excitement mm. around it. And then I think in some ways we didn't really expect when Noah arrived um, <laughs> that things would kind of, you know, completely change. I don't think anyone ever expects that. You can't tell anyone, anyone who's pregnant. I have to stop myself going, your your life's about to change forever. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> but enjoy it. I hope the pregnancy goes well. You're looking yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just... I have to stop myself because like my brother and uh, his his wife are, are they're expecting some uh, a, they're expecting someone a child expecting in... something to happen <laughs> someday something. soon uh, in the in a the new year That's what I don't know I don't know what, what I'd recommend but like there is that like I have to stop myself from like I mean he's seen all the horror stories of of like puking down the front and you know when you're just about to go out the door and someone needs to do poo and you know Everyone all the elements needs to do that... poo what is that some kind of issue in know. Ireland what Why? is it it's like just do it earlier like what the hell yeah. But it, it's like labor. It's like, what What would your advice be, Rebecca? I'm like, don't ask. Don't, don't ask me about labor because I'm going to tell you how horrendous. Like, don't ask people questions that you don't want an answer to. Let's just keep it nice and beautiful. And like, it's when you hold that baby. Magic. But you did. So you wanted kids. You had your first, I think, super. I mean, my husband and I, like he was 40 now. I was younger, but like that was early. And you were loving it. And you just, I, I remember watching you. You were in LA embracing it. You seemed to just make it look gorgeous. And then you had a second quickly. We had second quickly. And I think we wanted that as well. You know, I had grown up, my brother was four years younger than me. I think that gap kind of caused more issues than solved problems, if you know totally, what I mean. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I did kind of, we did talk talk about wanting that kind of closer gap. Sophie's younger brother is only two years and so they have mm. a similar sort of gap. And and I think in lots of ways, you know, from this perspective of of trying to kind of getting it, it getting it all done and getting it out and, yeah. and sorted and, yeah. you know, getting the, the show on the road a little bit. That's kind yeah. of why we talked about kind of wanting to, to have the second quite close. But I think, you know, 
everyone talks about what way you could do it and which way will work the best and it's all nonsense it's your own experience is your own experience and you know it has to be treated that way but I will say that like it did cause a lot of stress at the time because we had one in nappies and just turning two and the other one arrived and we were about to move back to Ireland we didn't know and COVID hit and so when I say it was carnage it was carnage and I I think we're only just getting over it now. <laughs> that's that's no, that's a kind of trauma. Like, let's not be too dramatic, but that is a kind of trauma because I have a ton of friends similar to you who were a little bit younger and got the show on the road much quicker. Maybe they met their partners younger or they were much. I was so indecisive about marriage and kids. I was like, I just want to be with this guy, but I don't know if I want. So we were later to the show and you say you did that. And there's a huge thing in Ireland of like 202, 202, just get your two. And then you might have fertility issues and it doesn't work that way or whatever. But we... It is a trauma to kind of throw two out at a time because what's gorgeous is they have a connection. You're in it anyway, so feck it. But then there's the shit show of your body, like your wife recovering, you recovering, the the, the sleep issue, the nappies. So I had a gap not planned. Like we really struggled to have our second, which we didn't think we would. And now, now in a way, I'm like, it was calmer. It was mental, but it was calmer. And it was better for our mental health because I think the first time we were so stunned. So I don't know what the comparison is. It'll probably be better for your kids down the line with the bond, but it's hard when you're in it, Donald, and, and COVID. Yeah, yeah. Like, I what? think that's the thing. Like, I do like think back of like that peaceful moment of having Noah and you know picking him up from school and going and getting like you know coffees and all that. Not for him, uh, but like being able stuff. to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, doing yeah. nice things where there is no other kind of draw on you where you can have that intense sort of father son bond time or mother son bond time. And I think you know I often think what it would be like but I don't lament it you know I, I think it happened the way it happened because that's okay. how it happened and I don't kind of think how it could have been if we had waited or you know and we were obviously you know and that's like you said like we were we were very lucky to have two healthy mm. children in in a short space of time and mm. um and so yeah I think in lots of ways we we just kind of put the head down but I think in in the space of time that it all happened perhaps it could have been easier without the giant transatlantic move and without because you didn't have support <laughs> I presume did you have support there? no no, no. I mean we had you know we had friends close by we had um we had someone who who kind of did a few hours in the afternoon just to kind of give us a break um you know while I while we were both working but I mean ultimately no we didn't it was a very kind of small community um and so that idea of moving home was very clear for us when we had kids and became even clearer when when the second arrived <laughs> it, it certainly kind of um, accentuated the need for to, to move back I speak about a grief I'm always like you're bereft when you have kids and I mean it in a really like by the way it's the most awesome thing you'll do but you have to kind of park that old life and if you're still grieving and some people sorry never never don't get over that they just don't embrace parenthood or they leave their wife or they find fundamentally they stay in the office longer because they actually can't cope and some really embrace the madness and they absolutely love being a parent but there's definitely I do remember speaking to a few people I remember my brother-in-law I was saying God, I just miss, miss being able to just go to a yoga class or have a drink or or and he went but that's not na- that's gone and I was like but it's not gone they'll come back he goes no Rebecca something better or something cooler or something will tra- like it will change again but like that life is is not this life and I was like, why are you saying? He's like, you're responsible for a human and maybe another ultimately and another. He's like, you can't keep going on about what you... And it really hit me because I was like, I think I'm grieving what I was. So there is a little bit of that. Um, and I'd say when you have two on top of it and then you're moving home and COVID, it certainly, it changes everything. Yeah, well, I definitely, I, you talk about grief and I, like I I think for a long time, we'd are the trajectory of what we were doing lifestyle-wise in terms of career 
the reason we moved out to LA was one of those big moments of like, okay, this is it now. And I'd had a Food Network show. I got a show on HBO Max and I was doing these like big shows where you turn up and there'd be a trailer for you. And there'd be, you know, you'd go out and the Hollywood sign would be- The dream, yeah. The dream, like the stuff that kind of, uh, that we had been pushing for, for a long time. And having children really did kind of slow that down because, you know, I, and rightfully so in some ways, because I, on one side, I really wanted, I I wanted that, you know, and I think in some ways you, if you're career driven, you're kind of doing it. If you try and look back at why the, what the reason for the reasons for me were to have a healthy, happy family and that we'd be able to provide for them and all those, those were the kind of core reasons why I was doing it. Mm. But then, you know, when you mix the two, trying to find that balance was, was what I really struggled with and trying to find that time to kind of be with them, but also not be stressed by the job that you were trying to do and keep afloat. And so all of those things were were tricky enough. And then when we left LA, like I was not ready to leave. I was. Why like, did I, you? We left because number one, because obviously the the support system that wasn't there. Okay. Um, I think that was definitely the major reason I would have happily stayed in Los Angeles potentially for the rest of my life did you love it you loved it loved it out there loved it out there and I really did you know I think the success of us being out there was that we weren't in the madness of like you know Sunset Boulevard and all of what you see on TV we were in a lovely residential area we had friends who were you know who had grown up in LA it wasn't kind of transient Yeah, yeah and you know I think a lot of people who go out there you know you have this kind of weird little bubble that kind of doesn't last whereas we have we still have friends out there who you know they they came and visited us uh only this easter so there is that feeling of like we found a little pocket of life out there and that was that was and you had roots kind of and yeah yeah. and and also the kids were born there and all of that and then all of a sudden the kind of the urge and the need especially with oliver having been born um we kind of saw down the tracks here we need to kind of go okay where are they going to go to school where are they going to grow up where are they you know so i I think ultimately like sophie was dead set on coming back and and you couldn't stay there you couldn't make it work or you were just like we've got to compromise somewhere we can't just live out the good we could have but the other side of it was that from a work perspective i was literally traveling back once or twice a month to to ireland and so i was exhausted the entire time and so that was then having a knock-on effect on um on on when i'd come home because like you wouldn't you'd be so wrecked like it's funny because i talk about it now and i'm i haven't been back to the states in a while and um this texas trip and i'm absolutely exhausted so i don't know how i was doing it with you know the two trips and i was like so obsessed with jet lag and making sure that i got the sleep and i did this and I had wow. and it's all madness it's madness like madness trying to kind of keep it afloat so that's I think that had got to a point where um it was really hard to sustain both and to be able to kind of do the show it's like and the great thing I suppose in the in terms of the American shows were that they only recorded like four to six weeks at a time so okay. we always felt that like in the long run having been out there and having established kind of ourselves there was that thing of like, if we left, we can always come back for those. You know, I, I, I went back and did that HBO Max show recently. And, you know, you go back, you do six weeks and fine. Know, you don't five, have to live weeks. there. Okay. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be this kind of big life altering moment. And, you know, my parents are getting older. My my family is back home. Sophie's family is in Sweden. So the jump back from Dublin to Sweden, it was even longer for Sophie. So I think from for all those reasons, we were we were heading towards home. And for all those reasons, I think that's why it happened. But I didn't stop that grief you speak about of like mm. that there was this life we had there mm. and and all of a sudden 
COVID kind of accentuated the need for having to return home. If we would have done it then, I don't know. You know, we probably would have, I certainly would have dragged my feet more and probably waited mm-hmm. until the summer or yeah. waited, you know, or maybe kind of even experimented, like you said, with, you know, a half and half sort of scenario because the kids were young at that stage. But, you know, ultimately, I think what we were searching for was something that was grounding and the LA sort of experience with the amount of travel that was going in to sustain back home wasn't providing that so I think now in retrospect having been home for what three years now wow three years this is that moment where I feel for the first time we've just bought a house our first home ever that we've we've never congratulations (laughs) thank you very much Yeah, and you know, I feel now that having done that, that feels like we've committed. And I think for a lot, lot of time when we were in LA, it always felt a bit kind of airy fairy float. Are you homesick for it? For LA, mm-hmm. yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, oftentimes I do because I think you know it was something that we'd we'd been reaching for and when we finally moved and made that commitment it was we'd committed to this other life and so yeah I I often like Sophie says I was was in Texas and I was doing videos around uh, Trader Joe's on my Instagram stories and we were both like, oh, my God, like, this is just, and it sounds ridiculous, but at the same time, it's it is ridiculous. A, and maybe one day you will go back. Maybe one day you will. Like, you'll have said to your kids, you were born in L.A. This episode with Donal Skian is sponsored by Caldecine. Caldecine can prevent and treat nappy rash in several different ways. Its special formulation creates a barrier against wetness on your baby's skin. And being medicated, it attacks harmful bacteria to help prevent nappy rash. So, for prevention and treatment of nappy rash, just sprinkle a light layer of Caldecine at every nappy change. Caldecine, tender care at every change. Caldecine medicated powder contains calcium undecylinate. Always read the label. We have friendships for life there and the climate and we came home for family and consistency. But you know what? We went back in your teens, guys. Like you just don't know really what is going to happen. Um, my husband was brought up in South Africa and was there till he was in university and, and only goes back sporadically now. And I think his dream was always to raise his kids there. So you just sometimes you compromise some other dream. But like it, it's it's massive what you did and what you achieved there and the friendships. And we all watch that and your baby's been born. And it is a real gut wrenching thing to be like, I'm coming home. And and it wasn't a tail between the legs thing because you had made a success, but it is a bit of a, I have to accept what might be the right path. You know what I mean? And if you didn't have kids, Donald, let's be honest, you would not probably have come home. I don't, I mean, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, we I don't know. Had, we wouldn't have had the immediate draw because I think there would have been a, one layer less of pressure you know that would have been a bit more manageable but the children being there i think were was very much the the catalyst of kind of going okay we need we need to find something that's secure and grounding and 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 like i look back at now i don't think even if we'd been out there we'd still have that sense of what we have now so i'm really happy with where i I always kept saying the mantra of like we're where we need to be for right now and i think that's a really important thing very positive it's well you have to be you know because you do you know you like you say goodbye to a life you kind of have to make that decision with a very strong will and if you don't I think there'll always be kind of question marks and I think in the initial stages for me when I came back I was like oh my god what have we done oh I know it's hideous it's hideous and everyone's like oh you're back you're like oh 
God. Yeah. But it's retrospect and you're back and, and I'm very happy with what, what we've achieved to kind of, and, and being back. So yeah, I mean, I think ultimately we're, we're on a lovely path at the moment and we're really enjoying. Where did you buy your house? Uh, very close to home. Well, so I grew up in Hoth, um, so we're, okay, we're just so t- Dublin, just okay. down the road in, in, in Sutton. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful yeah, park. Nice. Congratulations. The dr- look, the dreams do pop a little. Like I had, I had highfalutin dreams about loads of things. You know, being some producer or working in a massive news. Like I remember it, and I remember only starting on that path and shockingly becoming pregnant with Gia, my first kid. As in, we didn't really think it would happen that quickly, and just being so sick and unable to kind of, and then being like, we need to get a, a house, a mortgage, so taking a more steady media, commercially job, you know. And being like, there goes all that jazz, gone, pop. So like, it, and I do remember her being born and being quite resentful. I had to really work through that. I think it is normal, but I had to really go, mm. so yeah, it is, it's normal. It's hard. Well, I think it's, and it's honest as well, because I think everyone wants to put a happy spin on it. But like b- becoming a parent is is probably one of the most rewarding yet difficult things you do. And so- but you just give you know, yourself away. It's gone. There absolutely, you go. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, and you know, on the flip side of that, there's so many incredible positives to it. But it's I think more more than anything, it's just being aware of that life adjustment and you don't become aware of it until it happens. I'm really sorry for anyone who's listening to this. So now you're back. You've got a five and a three year old. How are you finding parenting a five and three year old? How busy is it? Is Sophie working? What what goes on at home day to day? So, yeah, it's it's busy, as you can imagine, as I think most parents know, it, it is busy and it just adds another layer of busyness in amongst whatever you're doing. But uh, so myself and Sophie kind of divvy it up. So Sophie works, uh, does kind of half days and we're, we're working about kind of getting back to normality of of um, working more more full time together. So that's process. But um, but yeah, no, I think it works quite nicely. Like I think in lots of ways, having school really creates routine. And I, I am a big believer in routines and and keeping things ticking along because I, I think that is really important to us. And, you know, I, food is obviously the thing that I, I'm known for. So it is that sort of idea of sitting down for breakfast and sitting down for dinners and, you know, having those moments where we actually share. And I know you can like that's that's also combined with telling Oliver to sit down five million times and <laughs> I uh, t- tell him stop. Don't don't feed the dog. Um, all the th- all the times where you're you're trying to keep it all calm and normal. But, you know, th- I always laugh because those are the moments where we will look back on and we will miss. But ultimately, you know, there is that that moment of just carnage and you have to try and find some sort of method in in the madness. And um, but the routine does help. Definitely. Can I ask, I ask about, about boys? boys? Right. Obviously, did you know you're having boys? Did you care? Did you have any idea? Anything of anything? Uh, we definitely both wanted. Well, we wanted a girl um, to start off, which is terrible to say if they're ever listening back to this. But I will have told them. <laughs> I'm surprised just saying that. I don't hear that often when I interview guys. I don't know what it is, but they're often like, yeah, just well, wanted- look. I was not like growing up. I was definitely not the most masculine man, and I kind of like I didn't like soccer, didn't like you know uh, football or sports or anything like that. And so I always thought you know I'd be better with girls. But like it's okay. the amazing, the amazing thing is like once they are that age, like you kind of think they're going to be this like oppressive figure in your life but and which they can be at times um you know they are your they're your pal growing up and like they want to be interested in what you're interested in and like and and like Noah does soccer on a Saturday and I go and see him and like like all that shite that you start yeah. to think you, you think about before having kids it all goes out the window and it's all nonsense that you've created for yourself so you know whatever whatever gender comes out you know it, it is literally that is your lot and you deal with it and sometimes you're meant to be given something like my husband was very 
masculine, dominant, me- like rugby cricket, like man. And I remember always being like, I need to make you a little bit softer. I need to soften your edges. I don't know if I can marry someone like this. Like you're just such a party, but you're, I just find it very hard. And I remember he always thought he's going to have these two rugby players, right? Right. right and right. we have two girls and they're very precious and, and they go on about the house. And I, my mom is like, he is a fundamentally different person. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he has to meet them with their femininity. And I'm not saying that they're maybe not going to be like this one day or they'll change. And we have to accept that gender is such a fluid thing now, but he, they are fundamentally girls right now. And he is so different. Absolutely. And I think if he was parenting boys, he would be so pushy. Like he'd be like, Did it. like, it's amazing to watch. And maybe this has given you this other thing you didn't really think, you, you don't know. Yeah, well, I do believe that, like, because I think, you know, all of the preconceived ideas, like I mentioned, you know, like, the, oh, I don't, I don't want to be standing on a soccer pitch <laughs> and I don't want to be doing like I have no interest in sports and all of those things. And like, and actually it is just preconceived ideas you have about it. And it's actually quite lovely to watch them find the things that they're interested in without me pushing one way or the other, you know, like. The fact that Noah is interested in that, like I brought him up to GAA and both of us looked like sore thumbs. So <laughs> it didn't go well. But he's, yeah, taken, yeah, he's, he's, he's taken to soccer. And also, you know yourself, like at different stages, they will be open to it. And you're wearing your bread on and... top and some cool, exactly. like Dana runners and like a vegan bag and you head up to the GAA. Will you give me a break? Like uh... I look like such a tit at the GAA. It's so funny. And they're, it's, you know, and then the, my worst feeling is at the side of the pitch is they go, oh, could anyone come and help? I'm like, don't throw the ball at me. Don't no. come near me. And you're ball. trying to be like, no, I'm such a busy person. I can't. That's a, it's, a, it's horrendous. I do enjoy. I do like the community feel, the meeting of people. I do like the crack that's taken. It also kills. I always say kills an hour. And people are like, that's a terrible way to see parenting. I'm like, no, kills an hour. Um, no, what's the, it? what's the dream for that? Like, what's the vibe? Are you just hoping to kind of plant here and now you've got the house? That must be really nice to have established that. Yeah, no, I definitely have felt from the back of that. I think that has been a big goal for us because we've literally moved houses four times in the last three years. It has been carnage. And like, I think it's in, in some ways it has kind of impacted our parenting. It's impacted our life. It's impacted our relationship. So having this moment where we are now settled and we're not going to be putting things in boxes again, I hope. Um, And there is that moment where like, you know, now it feels like, OK, now we can go for this now. We can, you know, have routines now. We can have normality. Now is that your real kitchen? Is that? Uh, it, no, it's in not it, my real kitchen. <laughs> in the videos at home with the kid, it is. No. Uh, there, so we've just that moved That stunning kitchen that I can't cope with, the one that you do like the baking for kit. No. So we were renting, we were renting a fab house um, wow. only recently. And that was a, that was, that was our last like rental. And that was a gorgeous one. We actually just filmed the new TV show in there as well. Our, oh my God, that kitchen. Our lovely landlord was like, oh yeah, no problem. They're, they were fantastic. Cause we'd had a nightmare with a couple of land, previous landlords and where they, they'd sold the house from underneath us or they had, um, they literally, we were in the house for six, I think four or five months. And then they told us they needed to, to oh they wanted us out. So that's sort of nightmare stuff where you have two young kids and that's there's no, consider- no consideration for it. But I will say um, our last landlord, they were fabulous. Um, shout out to Catherine and Ray. They were fantastic. Aww. And uh, anyway, but yeah, so it's not our house, unfortunately. <laughs> but your kitchen it, now, do you love your kitchen now? 
Yes, we've just, so um, I grew up, my mum had a galley kitchen, like tiny little space and we all, it worked really well when we were younger because, uh, but now as we're older, like when we go in and do the Sunday roast with my mum, like we're all touching arses and you're kind bums of like, are, bums, yeah, yeah, bums yeah. are cracking. <laughs> yeah, you know? bums against, yeah. So, um, so, but I always grew up with that and the, so the kitchen we have at the moment is what I like to see. The, I, we, we talk about the evolution of the home and so we've yeah, bought yeah. this very cute little cottage and it's small and it's tight and we have plans for it, but we've, we've, the first step was to get the kitchen sorted so we yeah. put in a lovely kitchen and it's very functional oh. and it's it's tight but it's very manageable and um and yeah we're loving it like we're just loving that moment of it being ours like I cannot tell you for how long I know I, I have like, never had a kitchen that's no. my own it's ridiculous for the job that I do I, I I lived in the country well not that far but I remember getting a job in RT and being in college at, at the same time at 18 or whatever and I remember having to rent in Stork and Joe Carriageway then Bulls Bridge then I was in Sandy Mount I, I rented everywhere and my husband and I rented everywhere and when we got our first house I'll never forget that feeling it was the most incredible feeling and it was small but it was amazing and it was the crack and um, I still have these vivid memories of going is it ours I mean it's never really yours because the mortgage but like it was amazing so that must be special um, it is yeah and I think in a lot in a lot of ways that you know the job I do is very much kind of lifestyle based in the sense that like you're cooking for moments you're cooking for moments that you share with family and that has been at the core of everything I do and so to have a place that we can do that and know it's not getting ripped from underneath us is such a lovely feeling and even for the boys you know we were always conscious of the all the so many moves and like we always had the dream of having the perfect nursery and of course like that doesn't happen when you're renting it's all you know? horseshit everything is horseshit it's Just all remember, horseshit it's all horseshit and Tell it's all a... Instagram favorite you know but it's, but look, it's, it's, it's lovely but we're all usually crying in the on the underfloor heating bathroom floor at some point um, tell me about <laughs> if we're Sophie lucky, if we're lucky. If we're, exactly mostly not tell me about Sophie right she is when you have an opinion of someone who's in the spotlight like you are and like you know and you're really good I will say at content creation that's relatable and cool and gorgeous and kind of achievable you'd want to live that life without it being hideously you know, pretentious or assholey. Like, I love what you create. And you see Sophie within it. And she seems cool, calm, collected, keeping the shit. Like, she seems that way. But, like, how is she? How are you guys? It's been some bloody journey. There's a long way to go. But how are you? Yeah, it's funny because, like, I think it's definitely, I think both of us would say that it, the last couple of years have taken its toll. And and I think for a lot of parents, you... <laughs> Shocker. Want, well, I mean, you find that moment where you kind of, you've lost, like, I remember, like, we moved to LA and we were in the height of our, like, we just got married and we, we were moving to a new country. Sexy and we all love, it was amazing. And we were going out to, like, restaurants together. And then, of course, like, you know, now you're having to, like, book in date night and now you're having to like make an effort to like spend just some solo time where you're not killing each we other we should have sex Sunday the 29th <laughs> at 2pm I know it's if you'll never Ridiculous. think that'll happen like you know and it happens it happens so yeah. I think um I would say the last couple of years have been hard on us, but I think we both have, I think you, you have those moments where you're like, well, we definitely still want to be together, right? So you don't, yeah. you know, you don't yeah. hate each other that much. Um, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, sorry to be honest with you, but it yeah, is the case. No. <laughs> so you, you kind of go, okay, no, we, we're in this. We're definitely in this together. We definitely want to work on this. So like, I think you kind of, you've, with parenthood you say goodbye to a certain aspect of your relationship as what you come in as and i think it's an, this is now the kind of important time is to, is the planting of seed but will it this is the time where it's like i do think it's will you make it or not and, and not for you but i'm just saying it's certainly me and i'm i've just turned 40 and we're married 10 years this year it was certainly the time when i was like 
fiscal review like let's have yeah. the chats like well, we have killed changed. each other everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah and everything you went in with has changed completely so i think from that perspective you kind of have to do take stock and you have to kind of go okay so what's the plan for it and and like you said like it is putting plans in place and a schedule and as much as that has to happen eventually it will come back and and that's kind of I guess, and then you hope you're still the same there's a semblance of that original kind of lust and love and that you still have this gorgeous compatible like that's what you're you're aiming for is that you get back to yourselves and you don't lose yourself and your kids I think it's the kids thing you fundamentally I think back in the day Donal uh looking at parents and generations they they lost their relationships maybe to kids or maybe to financial stress or to all that. And we are more privileged in many ways, even if it is hard to get in the property ladder, we can do a date night and we can get in help and we can. These were people having five or six kids with very little. There was no relationship. And then they did the Irish marriage thing where they stuck it out. And there is that nice feeling now that we choose each other. Like I always say this, you choose it. There's no enforcing. If you don't want to be with each other, don't. But choose. You either sit there and go, yeah, I'm, I'm still really cool with you, you know. But I um, think it'll also it is hard and I think it's also being aware and being conscious that it is hard because I think you you can't take away from the fact that it is madness and like this you know there's what like I went out the other day and Oliver had peed in my flip-flops and um you know there's when you're you're dealing with that and then you're screaming at one person and so like there's all those sorts of scenarios that like unfold and you're like the normality of just what like you get up in the morning and get ready and go out the door completely changes and in within that there's little like phrase and little moments but I think it is that kind of it is a decision like you said that you make yourself and you make as a couple where you come together that this is something we're moving forward with mm-hmm. and there is like at the core of it there is love there's you know the reason yeah. you, you went there into isn't. it is love. You're bunched, and if, yeah. exactly so you have to kind of you have to be mindful of it and be aware and acknowledge it because I think that's the ultimate thing is is you know, when you get to a point where you're just like, you're just coping and you're just getting... Or you shut down. There's no chats about what's going on. Like, you know, you're not walking around in your underwear in the morning and you're both complimenting each other and smacking each other's arses and like, can't wait to see you later. <laughs> that happen? What'll I get in the farmer's market? And it's all this horseshit. And how's work? Good? I'll check in with you. And you're texting all day. It's now like you're walking around in your underwear and it's like, she has a poo in a spare room. What? I'm in the middle of, I'm in the middle of picking my bride for work. Like, well, she's done it. And the dog has hasn't been out for three days and did you know the bin and the guy is going to come and you're like fuck off and you're it's this anger that you've never had with each other that comes with this stress it's all just stress um and I do think yeah you're right it's the checking in and I do think some and I genuinely am so honest about this with friends and my partner some make it some don't and it's it's really survival of the fittest it's really tough but anyway yeah, that's and a, I, but I think you're right like and I think that's a whole other podcast season but like you said like it's acknowledging it and I think if you acknowledge it that's probably the first step of trying to like uh, of yeah. trying to find yourselves again because it's you're coming at it you're coming at it from a completely different chapter of life you know and I and all of it's what I find amazing is that it just kind of it happens all of a sudden it's happened where like the kids are the demanding of you and then you've got other pressures and then and then you do have to make the effort so it is an important and then you sit at date night and you're like don't talk about them don't talk about (laughs) them you actually have to say let's not and it's not that you don't love them to death but you have to find other stuff to talk about yeah yeah. tell me about your amazing stuff that's going on right so you have a book jesus you're 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 on drugs with the work what's going on now (laughs) uh well we're busy all right as you can hear i'm a little horse i let you go i want you to have a rest so tell me no um we have the new cookbook which is out which is home uh home kitchen which is perfectly uh appropriate because it is for the first time it is my actual home kitchen um not that i've been lying all these years but it definitely is something that it was a very personal book to write and you know we talk about all of 
what we've discussed here where there is there has been just this journey and it's been a lovely moment to kind of sit down and write about elements of that the recipes that have formed part of what make our our lives tick and then over and above that you know we've the tv show that went into it um we, the kids the kids were um in it but noah told me for the first time he's like he's over it. he doesn't want to do any more of that right so i'm like i have to be respectful of that so like you know i i always said we we both always said like the minute they're going like no i'm not it's not for me i don't want to be involved anymore we're like right okay we've you know wow, you, that's you really interesting you listen yeah. well well he's five now and like you know being told to get into a different pair of clothes is like madness to him at a, painful you know, painful so um, what's so home we, kitchen what is the culmination like what kind of recipes can we expect because I just love the stuff you do like what is it a real like hodgepodge like a mix or not it always I mean for me it always has been a mix because I have such a broad interest in different cuisines um but I think the thing that ties it all together is easy and accessible and okay. you know the, the recipes that are doable so that like while because I am always looking for the easiest life in as possible particularly with kids so it is trying to find a recipe that doesn't take you 15 hours it's something that like literally you can go from start to finish 15 20 minutes in the kitchen and you haven't had to take every pot and pan out of the out of the cupboard so I have always kind of aspired to the those sorts of recipes and I think when I remember I wrote a book called Meals and Minutes and that really was kind that of was a great book oh thank you very much but it's it was the start of like you know knowing who I write for and and really kind of finding my voice in in food where I, I think before I was always doing the things I was interested in but I was kind of very clear about who I was writing for and I knew I wasn't alone in the need for making quick meals and making dinners that you know satisfied and if you're going to go to the effort that actually tastes good you know because a yeah. lot of people don't cook regularly so if you're going to go to the effort you take a recipe of mine and um, you literally go and you you get the results and that's what I've always kind of thought in the back of my head is what are the goodies like the goodies um I suppose it's the big flavor dishes that kind of that satisfy comfort food is a big Mm -hmm. one for me pastas chicken dishes the desserts you know the things that you're I always think if you're going to commit to the kitchen and even if you've never cooked before I've cook for I, I write recipes for plenty of people who are, have an interest in food but I'm kind of almost more interested in the people who don't cook because yeah. they're the ones when you can take on one recipe and nail it like uh, my sister-in-law does vodka penne and she doesn't always right. admit that it's mine but it's like um, it's one that I see her doing all the time and, and I love when you find those sorts of recipes that become part of your it's a part of your kind of weekly routine and and the biggest moment of success for me is when I see families who make the, the you know the the chorizo chicken burgers and they Yum. that's their thing or yeah. they make the you know the roast chicken stew or things like that that really feel part of other yeah. people's lives and that's where it's really rewarding what what we do so the tv show is coming out in uh november we've got a wow. special we've i've just shot this thing in texas for this morning in the uk and um we're in the on the on the promo trail but hopefully around christmas time i may just uh, switch off and completely <laughs> completely go into a dark room and and uh, and calm down do you know what's so funny? Everyone like cookbooks is so funny to me that they're so successful. And I know yours will be and people reach for it because people always say, oh, you can just find it on your phone or your iPad and just open the recipe and just sit there and have your BBC cook or whatever. It's really odd because I would always be like, is that's the easy way? Because we spend our whole lives on our bloody phones. But when I am doing that or making a Parmigiana or I actually don't really know that well about flourless cake and I need to, I will always put my stand out and pick my book, whether yeah. it's Delia or Darina or you, I will always just bring it down and sit there with my book. It's and great. so they are still in demand. It's really creepy yeah. to me to think that actually cookbooks, it's not a, like you just said 11, that is insanity. 
Yeah, that's I know. I, I mean, I, You're I, like I ten. What age are you? <laughs> I'm thirty-seven now. Are I'm, you? That's I'm the greatest show. <laughs> that's crazy. Well done. Eleven books. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but I mean, like, even the, you, you say that, and I, I always get asked that. Like, is our our cookbooks done? And they're not. Like, they're, they're not. really. They're like every year there are more and more cookbooks being released and it is because they have that aspiration element so like you're I right know. it's the aspirational element yeah. though like everyone, I got it I got an Ottolenghi and a candle and one of yours and something else for and I remember going this is a great prep like sorry it is a beautiful thing to because it sits up on your shelf and you can show it off and pull it down when you actually want to do a showpiece like I don't know if every day I'm someone who can cook and I'm okay at it so I don't need to necessarily but I do when I'm doing a Saturday night thing I would definitely reach definitely um so they are popular it's creepy it is but I think like I, I love them like I love reading cookbooks I ordered three cookbooks yesterday because I really wow. love sitting down with them and I have always like I my cookbook collection is has been the hardest thing I've moved every bloody move because <laughs> there's like yeah, hundreds, I'd say, hundreds I'd of say. Um, so I have a back that's uh, aching because I've been lugging them around for the last couple of years but what I would say is that like those that, that element where you get the opportunity to sit down and there's a there is that aspiration element you might not cook every night but you will have the idea that you can nail one or two core recipes that become part of your routine and become part of your life. That is for me, the success of a cookbook is that someone finds that and gets inspired. And while they might not cook all my recipes, it'll get them into the kitchen with that one recipe or two recipes from the cookbook. Donald Skin, you are a busy man, a busy dad. I know you're wrecked and you're so good to do this. Final question is, if I came over to your place this evening and it's mayhem and my kids are mayhem, what would you cook for me? Oh, it's probably something very No, I'm not. I'm a vegetarian. Sorry, just to... Oh, I'm glad you said that. Sorry, um, yeah. Oh, okay. Now you throw <laughs> because it you're like me. meatballs and like like well. Well, I do, I do. I think a stir fry is always a good, quick okay. winner. Um, so I always whack out the wok. I do a good pad thai, and I have a vegetarian Ooh, pad, wow. thai. pad thai. So yes. you make a very simple paste, um, with loads of aromatics, and then you basically fry that off. Add your veggies wow. in. Add your noodles in. Add a little. Oh, your egg. Can I, can we do egg? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Not vegan. Egg. Yeah. Bring yeah. it together and absolutely gorgeous, simple. But again, like that's a, a perfect example of big flavors. You've got uh, lime juice, you've got fish sauce and you've got a little Love bit of sugar it. for sweetness. So it's balanced, balancing the flavors. It all works, works a treat. I think people are rooting for you because you're sound and keep it real. <laughs> and I think you just need to keep doing that, be you, because we just all root for you. And I was so happy to get oh. this chat with you. And you know what? You're doing an awesome job with those boys. And they're going to keep you on your toes. Thanks for everything and have a wonderful day. Bye, Donald. Bye. Thanks so much. Thanks, Cheers. Mil. This episode with Donal Skian is sponsored by Caldecine. Caldecine can prevent and treat nappy rash in several different ways. Its special formulation creates a barrier against wetness on your baby's skin and being medicated, it attacks harmful bacteria to help prevent nappy rash. So for prevention and treatment of nappy rash, just sprinkle a light layer of Caldecine at every nappy change. Caldecine, tender care at every change. Caldecine medicated powder contains calcium undecylinate. Always read the label. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me. And if you did, it would mean a lot to me if you could like, subscribe and share this episode. 